It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Friday. I hope you're all well and looking forward to the weekend. The weekend, of course, features... An Arsenal game over the United States, taking on Manchester United in New York. And if you're going to be watching that over here, it's a slightly more friendly kickoff time for you. 10 p.m. I think that gets underway, which I only know it's yesterday. Uh, as I was looking at it, I thought, God, I'm out tomorrow night for my mates leaving doing London. Probably going to be on my way home back then after a fair few beers, shall we say. Um, odds on me sort of getting through that without falling asleep. Pretty slim, I would say, but. Who knows? I'm certainly going to give it a try. Looking forward to trying to watch it anyway. Trying to keep myself awake. Anyway, I'm not old, not uh, 21 anymore. A few beers for 40 year old tends to end in disaster. Uh, when I say disaster, I mean sleep. But <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Uh, we will talk about that game a little bit later on in this episode. Take a look at who might feature. Certainly a few interesting ones for Mikel Arteta when it comes to that team selection. But we'll start with a few sort of transfer bits and pieces. Doing around, I wanted to start on Cedric Suarez, who of course didn't make the trip over to the USA for the squad. He was left out of the squad by Mikel Arteta, and uh, and from my understanding, that is very much um, the sort of prompt for Cedric Suarez to look to get a move this summer pretty quickly. Um, kind of, I think him and his people saw that as a bit of a clear message from Mikel in terms of where he stood in the pecking order this season and where his chances of getting in any game time stood. And they are now very much actively looking to get him a move before the window shuts. Now, there is interest from him in the Premier League, couple of clubs, from what I understand. He obviously spent sec- the second half last season on loan at Fulham. Didn't exactly tear it up at Fulham by any means, struggled again for game time there, even under Marco Silva, who was so keen to bring him in from Arsenal. Um, so if, I said probably doubtful he's going to head back there, especially with a lot of doubts over Marco Silva's future at the moment, who of course has been, um, uh, who is very much on the agenda for one of the big Saudi clubs, I can't remember which Saudi club it is now, 
who are after him. But if he ends up going, I think that's certainly the end of Cedric Suarez's chance of going back to Craven Cottage. Villarreal, a club who are very interested in Cedric, from my understanding, they were interested in him in January as well. He opted to go to Fulham, but that interest from Villarreal remains. And um, there has been sort of informal talks as well with the three big Portuguese clubs, as in Sporting, Benfica. And Porto, I think it's fairly obvious, isn't it, that Cedric Suarez's future uh, is not at Arsenal. Whether they can get a deal done, whether anyone comes in and puts some money on the table for Cedric or whether it's just basically going to be a, end up being a bit of a free transfer type thing. He has got a year left in his contract and any move obviously will be permanent. It's not going to be a loan move now, but it's just a case of whether Arsenal get a transfer fee for him or just, you know, waive any sort of transfer fee, even have to end up cancelling his contract and allowing him to move somewhere on a permanent basis, we shall wait and see. I imagine all um, scenarios are on the table at the moment. He's on you know, a decent wage, Cedric Suarez. He's not one of the top earners at Arsenal, but he's on a decent wage. That four-year contract he secured when he mo- made the move um, in 2019, 2020. No, 2020 it was, wasn't he? He came over in January 2020 on loan and turned permanent in the summer as one of Arteta's uh, or one of the first signings of the Arteta era, him and Pablo Mari coming in that January. Um, yeah, got himself a four-year deal, very good deal. Um, for him, he's still got a year left of that and, you know, he's getting paid pretty well. So whether any other club, especially if he goes to a non-Premier League club, can afford those wages, you kind of look at it and think that's probably a little bit doubtful. So they might have to end up coming to an agreement with him, Arsenal. But we shall wait and see on that. I think one thing, the one certainty is that his future isn't Arsenal. Well, let me go know what you guys think about that. I'm pretty sure, you know, the general consensus is from everyone that Cedric needs a move. He needs to go and play somewhere. He's not going to get that game time at Arsenal. So best for all parties should a agreement be reached. So if I find out any more on that, and if that continues to move on, then of course, keep you updated as the summer progresses. Okay, Ivan Frisnado is a player who's been linked with Arsenal, who I've spoken about several times before on this channel. Um, Young right back, very highly rated, talented player. Arsenal were very, very keen on him in January. The move, I mean, at one point I thought they were going to sign him. I thought it was going to happen. It didn't. Um, I think Arsenal looked at it and thought, you know, maybe he's a little bit young. And I think Frisnado as well looked at it with his people and they were like, you know, we're going to stay, see out the season at Valladolid and then we're going to, have a, another assess of things in the summer and that's what they are doing right now as far as I'm aware I don't think there's any interest from Arsenal now this summer it's been linked with a lot of clubs I've seen I think I saw him linked with Bournemouth the other day which um, uh, I'm not sure if there's any truth in that but um, I saw him I saw him linked with Bournemouth and a few other clubs are, are, looking, are supposed to be looking at him but I don't believe that Arsenal are now one of them they were interested in January but they opted not to make that move. And I think now, obviously, look, they've signed Urien Timber, um, who looks one level player, one level signing, and he's coming in to play in that right-back role and to be sort of the competition for Ben White. And so I suggest that interest in Frisnada has moved on. I've got, I've had quite a few questions about him, about whether Arsenal are going to go back in for him. So that's my understanding on the situation when it comes to the, uh, the young uh, Spanish right-back, who I do probably think will move this summer. But, uh, but yeah not to Arsenal. And reports over in Italy talking about Foller and Balogun saying that they have now um, focused their attention on Balogun. They've opted not to go for Morata. Um, Morata, when you add up his transfer fees over the years, remarkable for a player who I've just never really got, never really understood. I mean, he's had a good career, (laughs) make no no mistake about it, but just never quite understood Morata. Wherever I've watched him, it's like, yeah, you're all right, but you missed loads of chances. 
you're not really top level quality, but you add up the transfer fees he's gone from uh, gone for over the years. That's remarkable. But anyway, Inter apparently have now decided not to go for Morata and they've focused their attention on Balogun, which will be interesting to say the least as the summer progresses. Now, Arsenal, as I've spoken about before, look at Balogun and want around £50 million for him. I cannot imagine that Inter Milan will go for £50 million. I'm sure they're going to try and get, if they do firm up their offer, uh, their interest to make a firm offer, I cannot imagine it's going to be close to that number. Um, and so, yeah, if there's going to be negotiations following on from that, I imagine they're not going to be too easy for Inter to get close to the sort of money that Arsenal want. As I've spoken about before, maybe there can be some sort of compromise reached with an attractive looking buyback clause. I think for Balogun, it would be a really good move. I mean, look, they're a fantastic club. They're a huge club. They're the Champions League finalists. If he could go there and be their number nine as, as young as he is, I mean, wow, what an opportunity that is for him. And he's a confident boy as well, you know, really, really backs his own ability. So I don't think he'd be too phased by going to a club like Inter Milan and playing in the San Siro in front of that, that amount of crowd, crowd. I think, you know, it's probably something he'd thrive upon. But um, it would be very, very interesting to see how he got on at that level. You know, as I've said again, I'm sure Arsenal would much prefer some Premier League interest so that they can get a lot closer to the sort of transfer fee that they would want for Balogun, who spoke about his future after the game against the All-Stars on uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday morning our time. And, you know, again, he sort of reiterated, look, there's nothing I can do. I'm here. I'm liking being here. I'll leave all that stuff to my agent and my family and, and Arsenal and you know what? They've still got two more games of this tour. He's going to be over there for the end of this tour. I think once they come back, we're really going to think, see things heat up when it comes to Balogun and his future. As I've mentioned, I still think the the likelihood is that he will end up going and that Eddie will stay, and it'll be Eddie and Jesus and Havertz as a kind of three forwards for Arsenal and Trossard as well, of course, making that number four. And that is, and I just think Balogun is feels to me a lot more likely that he ends up going but we shall wait and see let me know as always all right i really enjoyed this if you're watching this on youtube you'll see what i'm talking about if you haven't if you're listening to it and you haven't seen it yet go and check out kai Havertz's social media his twitter i really enjoyed this little uh little message to the haters shall we say now the story behind this if you can see what you're watching and what i'm showing on youtube obviously you've got kai Havertz showing a picture of his goal in the game against the All-Stars with the caption, have that a target emoji and then a yawning face emoji. That is a big message to the haters, to the internet keyboard warriors who are all having a go at him because he didn't score in that skills volume cross challenge thing the night before the All-Stars game, which was just ridiculous that he started getting grief and people were jumping on him. It wasn't Arsenal fans, to be honest. It was rival fans, Chelsea fans, things like that, who were doing it. Um, but it just did make me laugh that he then comes on in the game against all stars and goes and wallops in a brilliant volley from across. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed him taking the social media and having a little pop back. And then he added it on the second picture of him celebrating the goal saying, but in all serious, really nice feeling to get my first goal for Arsenal. Thank you to the fans for the amazing support this week. And I do think it was important. I think you saw in his face. I certainly got that impression when I watched the celebration, there was definitely a little sense of relief in the face and there would be if you're coming for big money you want to get off the on target pretty soon obviously this is not a competitive game so it doesn't count as an official goal but it's still just a nice thing to sort of get that weight off your shoulders score a goal really nice goal as well lovely strike in that exact position where you look at Havertz and think that's where you're going to be really key for Arsenal sort of drifting in um, a little bit late to the box 
you know, possibly picking up those positions a little bit unmarked because the defenders haven't picked you up and then finishing. And that's going to be so important for Arsenal and for Kai Havertz this season. So good to see him get off the mark. And I really enjoyed that little dig he had on social media. Seems like a really good character, actually, because obviously I didn't follow him or anything like that, any of his channels when he was at Chelsea, because, well, why would I? But uh, now he's at Arsenal, I have, and he seems to have got a decent, if it is him, of course, and most of this is social media companies and his representatives doing it on handling and social media but i do enjoy his social media i think it's pretty good um so yeah give him a follow if you don't hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, quickly, before we get to your questions, obviously this is a player that Arsenal have been heavily linked with in the past, Moussa Diaby by Leverkusen, winger, player a lot of people seem to want at Arsenal, player that I kind of want at Arsenal. I think signing a right winger is absolutely essential uh, before the end of the transfer window. I really, really do. I've spoken about it before, uh, whether that be Diaby, whether it be anyone else. But, you know, Diaby is certainly high up there. He's one of the players who always got the sense was available this summer for the right price. But, you know, Arsenal have been focusing on other areas and now it looks like he's on his way to Aston Villa. You know, Arsenal never bid for DRB or anything like that. Just he's always, he's definitely been a player that they've you know, had on their radar. And, you know, why wouldn't he be? If you're looking for a right winger, he's been one of the most informed right wingers in Europe for the last couple of seasons. Been very good for Leverkusen and he's off to Aston Villa. By looks for, It looks like he's rejected a big money move to Saudi Arabia as well. Fair play to him for that. And uh, is heading to Aston Villa, who Unai and Monchi are building a very good, impressive squad at Villa Park. Looks like they're going to be real sort of contenders next season, certainly for the European places, if not a little bit higher. Finished the season very well yesterday. Uh, last season, of course, under Unai Emery. And you know, some of these additions they're making are pretty good. Pau Torres, of course, has already come in now. Looks like Moussa Diaby, 50 million euros, plus another 10 million euros in add-ons, according to Fabrizio. Romano Villa want to get it signed and sealed as soon as possible. So that's one potential right winger off the uh, off the list for Arsenal. It'll be interesting to see what they do as we get later on in the window and once they've moved a few players on, who they do turn to. I still I'd still be surprised if they don't make a move in that area, but we shall have to wait and see because uh, yeah, who's going to be available? That's the big thing. Diaby was one potential option, but he's not available anymore. So who will they turn to? Um, time will tell on that one. OK, quickly looking ahead to the game against United on Saturday night. It's right to say it. I was going to say Saturday night, Sunday morning, but our time it is not. It's 10pm 10, 10 kickoff, so it'll be finished, provided there's not too much in injury time before Sunday morning. Um, 
and who might start. Now, this was a starting eleven we saw start against the All-Stars. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about. It was Ramsdale and the back four of White, Saliba, Gabriel and Kivior, of course, playing at left-back again instead of Kieran Tierney or Zinchenko. Midfield, you had Jorginho. Then you had Trossard in that left-eight role, Vieira in the Odegaard right-eight role. And then up front, you had Saka, Jesus and Eddie Nketiah out wide. Um I suggest we might see a little bit of a different start in 11 for this one against Manchester United because I just do. I wonder if Odegaard's going to come in. Depends on his fitness, of course. He picked up that slight little issue before the Nuremberg game. Clearly, not nothing too serious because he did come on in the game against All Stars. So I wonder if we'll see Odegaard in the midfield. Leandro Trossard, we'll have to wait and see. He limped off in the All Stars game. I believe Mikel Arteta will be speaking to the press today. Uh, over in the States. Um, and so we should get a little bit of an update from him on what's going on with Trossard at the moment. And, you know, Arsenal aren't going to take any risks with him. So if there is a slight knock, they'll have to change something over there on the left-hand side. Emil Smith-Rowe is now out there. Thomas Party is now out there. So those two could come into contention for this one. Um, I mean, Party should be should be fine. Obviously, been playing in pre-season, played in the Nuremberg game. So even though he missed the All-Stars match, you know, fitness-wise, he should be fine to to feature. So he could come into the reckoning. Declan Rice, you know, could Declan Rice get his first start or Kai Havertz get his first start? Um, so I think we'll see difference. Martinelli as well. Obviously, Eddie Nketiah played out on the left. So, um, But Martinelli came on, scored his goal. He's getting closer and closer now to full fitness. So we could see Martinelli. I just think in these two games now, the Man United and the Barcelona game, as we head towards coming back to England, when preparations will really step up for the new season, we're going to see Mikel start going a little bit stronger and going with it and getting towards the kind of 11 that we expect to see start the season. So I think we'll see a few changes from the team that started against the All-Stars. Like I said, I reckon Odegaard, Martinelli, Havertz or Rice, those sort of players could well come into contention. Um, for that one and we'll wait and see in terms of Zinchenko if he's anywhere near ready to get some minutes yet hopefully he is because it'd be really really important to get some minutes into his legs ahead of the new season okay let's quickly move on some of your questions and comments before we end this episode now there's a few here if you're watching this on YouTube um, from Yevon from I can't even see something goated and uh, Titus Schalk by the looks of it and they're all talking about Leandro Trossard and I had other I had other ones as well that couldn't fit into this but he was a very big topic of the discussions in the comments section from yesterday's video. Leandro Trossard, of course, scored that excellent goal in the All-Stars game um, and put in an impressive display before he limped off. And everyone's saying the same thing that like he got here from Yevon. Hello, Charles. Would love, would love. Um, who would you have in that advanced number eight role? Trossard or Havertz? Personally, I'd have Trossard over anyone else in the Arsenal squad. I feel he's been so underrated. Um, and the ones underneath that. So I know we have lots of shiny new toys, toys, but I hope Trossard does not get overlooked in every preseason training video. He looks to be busting a gut to impress, and he was excellent last night. I thought Arteta shuffled him out at the start at 11 too quickly in the running when Jesus was fit again. I think Trossard probably feels he has something to prove. Really hope he's unhurt and gets his chance. And another one here saying, Call me crazy, but I believe if Odegaard ever, God forbid, got injured, the only person who could semi replicate what he gives us is Trossard. That's how good he is. He's a gem of a player. And like I said, there was other comments about Trossard as well. And I agree with him all 100%. I think he's really, really underrated. I think he was so impressive in the second half of last season. As I said in yesterday's video, he's very, very unlucky. He could have easily scored five or six goals in that uh, period, whereas an Arsenal player in the second half last season. He was really unfortunate in front of goal, kept hit, hitting the woodwork, had that goal ruled out against Leicester. We saw what he can do from outside the box with a goal he scored against All-Stars. All Loves shooting from distance. 
you know, one of the few players in the Arsenal squad, aside from Thomas Partey, who obviously tends to hit the corner flag. But Trossard, you know, he's really, really good. He tends to get shots really close to, if not on target, really close to being on target from outside the area. He's a real threat with the ball. Obviously, his assist record spoke for itself last season after he came in at Arsenal. Technically, he's excellent. And, and yeah, I really hope he still has a huge part to play this season. I think he will, no doubt about it. I think Mikel does really like him. And I agree with that comment. He said he was probably shuff, shuffled out the team a little bit early last season, um, which is probably right. I mean, it's all in hindsight. I think when Jesus got back fit, we were all really excited to have Jesus back. But um, obviously, didn't quite hit the ground running, although he scored a few goals. I don't think he was quite as good as he was before the injury. And Trossard just offers the team so much, that creative threat, that ability to play out wide, that the ability he's got with both feet, which means he can come inside and just defenders struggle to pick him up because they don't know which way he's going to go because he's equally as comfortable on his left as he is on his right. And it's just a really technically excellent player. And I really hope he does play a lot this season, whether that be on the left, whether that play be as a false nine or whether that be in one of the number eight positions. I think he can play them all because he's that good. So thank you very much for your questions and comments there. Here's one from Spinksonator 1997 saying, hi, Charles. Um, having watched a video showing all Timber's involvements in the game, it seems as though he is on, um, he, it seems as though he is basically a right-sided Zinchenko in regards to positions he takes up on the pitch. Do you think Arteta would have the audacity to play them both? It'd be very attack-minded. Uh, he looked really good and he'd be trusted in game time. It'd be strange dynamic if Timber winning a place in the side meant Zinchenko lost his. Um, yeah, I think there's certainly the the potential to play them both. You know, I'm not the most tactically astute person in the world. Um, and the people that I speak to who are far better when it comes to football tactics than me, they think there's a good chance that they can play there together. Um, just because of the, yes, sort of defensively, you might leave yourself a little bit short down the flanks, but because you could have Timber and Zinchenko in that central area sort of inverting at the same time. That should give you an awful lot more control in that central area. It might leave you a little bit late, uh, light at the back, but you'd have so much dominance in the central area that it might not matter because you should have the ball more often than not. And also with Declan Rice sitting there, that gives you the option to, that Declan Rice can just drop in, sort of split the two centre-backs and that would allow the two full-backs to come in and invert and you'd still have Rice, Saliba and Gabriel sort of back there covering the goal and, you know, the pace and the um, quality you have with those three sort of combined, I think you still feel fairly safe, even if someone did get down the flank and into the space vacated by the fullback. Saliba's got the pace, Gabriel's got the pace to really get over there and cover pretty well. So um, I think there is definitely the option to play that. But I think the the exciting thing about Timber is it's just the versatility and it's the, you know, you can play Timber, you can play White and they're just, you know, there's just no drop-off in quality there by the looks of it. I think that's a really good thing for Arsenal. So, yeah, it's a really exciting sign and I can't wait to see him play more. So, thank you very much for your uh, for your question there, Spinksonator. And um, here's one from uh, Muddy... I can't pronounce that. I don't want to get it wrong. So, uh, apologies. But thank you very much for your comment here. It said, thought Marquinhos had a good cameo and assist. Thought of him staying around. Thoughts on him staying around next season? I think he's been good so far in pre-season. Yeah, I, I noticed it was really it was a lovely pick out for him for the um uh, for the Havertz goal against the All Stars. He has looked pretty bright so far, but no, look, I think for Marquinhos, he needs to play. He's at that age, he needs to play, and I just don't think he's going to play if he sticks around at Arsenal. So I don't, I don't see any benefit of him sticking around. I don't see any benefit for Arsenal really, and I don't really see any benefit for. Um, Marquinhos he just needs to go and play regularly if he doesn't play regularly he'd be pretty rusty when he does get the few opportunities he would get at Arsenal I don't think he'd be any 
any sort of position to come on and make much of an impact because he just wouldn't have played enough to be at the top of his game. So I think he needs to go out and have a season on loan and I do fully expect that's what's going to happen. That's it. Oh, last slide that was. So that's it for today. So thank you very much for all your questions and your comments. As usual, anything you've agreed with, disagreed with in this video, please do let me know if you're watching this on YouTube by leaving a comment below and I'll try and get you involved in tomorrow's videos. Have a very good day, everyone. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Friday night out if you're going out tonight and I'll speak to you very, very soon.